It's Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello and a very good evening to you on this Saturday. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sinead Nivorda and I am backstage with you until 7pm. I am so excited about this evening's show. We'll be taking a look at the history and music of Joy Division and New Order as Peter Hook will be landing onto our shores next Friday to play a show with his band The Light. So I'll be joined by the legendary bass player, otherwise known as Hooky. I'll have brand new music from one of my favourite acts of last year, The Cycle. Psychedelic Garage Act Fat White Family and Johnny Marr is in the live room. As well as that, there will be the latest in music news and the entertainment guide. Backstage on Radio Nova. Peter Hook is such an important figure in the history of music, not to mention the huge significant part he played on the Manchester scene. He co-founded Joy Division and New Order. Both acts were among the most successful artists on the Factory Records label run by Tony Wilson. John Bush of All Music argues that Joy Division became the first band in the post-punk movement by emphasising that anger and energy, but mood and expression, pointing ahead to the rise of melancholy alternative music in the 80s. Joy Division influenced a wide variety of bands through the decades from the likes of U2 and The Cure through to Radiohead and Interpol. New Order's 1983 hit Blue Monday is the best-selling 12-inch single of all time. In 2002, Q featured New Order on the list of the 50 bands to see before you die. In 2007, Peter Hook announced that he and New Order singer-guitarist Bernard Sumner were no longer working together. He's since gone on to form his band The Light, who will be performing at Dublin's Academy next Friday the 27th. This promises to be a really special gig as Peter Hook and The Light will be performing New Order's Low Life and Brotherhood albums plus an opening set of Joy Division material. Telling you the story of these iconic bands today is the legendary Peter Hook. I caught up with Hooky yesterday and he spoke to me about the formation of Joy Division, Ian Curtis and what he thinks about New Order today. But first, here's one from New Order. This is Regret on Radio Nova.
Mm. So I'm just uh, on the golf course with my dog. Oh, very nice. In the pitch black. Oh, is that so? Yeah, I'm expecting to break my leg at any minute. Oh, dude, it's bad over there then, is it? great radio, though, couldn't it? I guess it could, but it would be a very unfortunate circumstance. I would empathise with you. (laughs) So the weather's pretty nasty over there as well, is it? Um, No, it's not too bad. It's just wintry. Yeah. It's not bad at all, to be honest. Oh, good. We've been having this Storm Barney situation over here. It's been nasty. <laughs> yeah, I've been having Storm Barney for 40 years. <laughs> How is that working out for you? <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Many tales to tell, you know. <laughs> oh, God, I couldn't tell you any. I don't want to depress you. Ah, here now. <laughs> you, you, you're kind of the comic caper in a lot of situations, I think. Well, I suppose you've got to. I suppose it's kind of gallows humour, isn't it? Is that so? You've got you've got to keep uh, keep it bright. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd have given up bloody years ago. I know. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, seems you've become quite adept at telling these tales. I read that early on in the early years of Joy Division, you weren't actually allowed to to offer your quip in interviews. You were told to keep stum as such. <laughs> Is that true? Uh, yeah, but that was our manager saying um, said to me and Barney, "You two are a pair of idiots." <laughs> So keep your mouth shut and just let Ian and Steve do all the talking, which I must admit worked out quite well, to be honest. Really? Uh, you know, I mean, I suppose the thing is, is that it is a skill that you acquire through practice, public speaking, mm. and um, you, yeah, it, it sort of distracts, you know, from from what you're doing. You, you, we with Joy Division, we always did it very naturally, and to try and talk about it and. Analyze it is a completely different kettle of fish, uh, and you do you do wonder yourself really. So yeah, we were told to keep our gob shut. I mean, I had a great one in Canada uh, at the uh, premier for control, and this kid said to me, "He said, can I ask a question?" And I said, "Yes, ask away." And he said, "For the first uh, twenty years of your career, uh, you never did any interviews. You never said anything." And I said, yeah. And he said, and for the last 20, you won't shut up. <laughs> so I suppose, really, that just about sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, you're clearly loving it now. <laughs> what, the talking or the career? The, the talking. Well, a bit of both, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I think it, with practice, yeah. um, it, it comes to me rather naturally. It has to. I mean, in the, for the history of the band... In New Order, it was only me that did the interviews anyway. The others wouldn't do them. Oh, really? So I kept up with the old, um, you know, the the rhetoric from Joy Division, really. But I always found it quite nice, quite entertaining. Uh, A good way to kill an afternoon, to be honest, going out doing a few interviews. Yeah. You know, getting out and meeting people in these wonderful places was actually quite nice. I suppose maybe I was the more uh, convivial member. Convivial. Good word. And is this why you were the kind of the, the main person who hung out in the Hacienda all those years? Uh, me and Barney, Steve and Gillian didn't go. Yeah. Uh, I used to go on a Friday because I preferred the music. Um, I had my kids over the weekend and Barney would go on a Saturday. So we were even avoiding each other then. Right, really? Even then? Bloody <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking.
from Joy Division Transmission on Radio Nova featuring the phenomenal bass playing of Peter Hook. It is a Peter Hook special in backstage this evening. I caught up with a hook yesterday as he was out walking his dog in Manchester. You were about to hear on how Joy Division were formed. How did this iconic bassist arrive at his signature style of high notes and melodic playing? Well, it started by being a very bad bass player. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I suppose you'd have to say because I'm sure a lot of bass players go, oh, that Peter Rookie doesn't really play bass, does he? <laughs> you know, I think it was a matter of um, wanting to be unique with what you did, wanting to stand out. Uh, I've always been very competitive and I think it's just finding a way of expressing yourself, isn't it? And I was very lucky in that uh, I was um, encouraged by Ian Curtis every time we played to play in that style. And he was right. He gave us um, a uniqueness and gave me a uniqueness that that most other bass players don't even bother to copy, funnily enough. They're all quite happy to take this subordinate role in the band, which I wasn't, you see. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I'm a frustrated guitarist. (laughs) But it's funny, you know, when reading a bit of background at the whole start of things, and you mentioned that, you know, you're going to see Led Zeppelin, but it wasn't Led Zeppelin who played an influence. It was more the Sex Pistols. So why were you drawn more to that than you were Led Zeppelin? Um, I was 20 
I was feeling very frustrated. Uh, I was looking. I was all, always been a bit of a rebel. I was a skinhead at school and a suedehead and a scooter boy. So I was always looking for some way of expressing myself, shall we say. And really, punk just gave you the perfect antidote to being bored, I suppose. It was like we could all be bored together, you know. It was very, very uh, truculent punk. It was very anarchic. And I suppose it just grabbed you as a teenager mm. to go, oh, this is what I want to do, you know, tell everybody to F off <laughs> and just be belligerent. I think, you know, teenagers go through that phase, don't they? I don't know if you've ever, I've had a couple now. Oh, yeah. I can sympathise with my parents. <laughs> and um, I think if, you, if you've had any, when, when you do get there, you know, they, it is quite a standard um, phase that kids go through, you know, wondering what's going to happen to them, wondering what's going to, you know, where, where their lives are going to take them, wondering if they're going to be able to do anything worthwhile. Uh, and it came about because of that. You know, the Sex Pistols showed me that I could do something different with my life. I was just working in an office, feeling very disillusioned, and they showed me this, like, miracle world. And I thought, wow. wow. <laughs> For some strange reason, I, I felt like I could do it. And I, considering I'd never played a musical instrument uh, in my life before, it was quite shocking, and you know, and the fact that both Barney and I would make that decision and then go on to be not only in one group that changed the world, but two. Yeah, yeah. You'd get pretty good odds from Paddy Power on that one, wouldn't you? <laughs> You've done pretty all right. Like, and I read one yeah, out. And, and we would have won as well. Oh, yeah. I was at one point handing you the guitar, didn't you say something like, why has mine got four strings? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I did say that because I didn't understand what a bass did. Oh, you know, I suppose part, part of the bravado of it was going... When Barney said to me, that when we walked out of the Sex Pistols, he said, we should form a group. I said, yeah. Uh, and he said, you get a bass, I've got a guitar. And I just went, yeah. And then when I was on the bus home, I thought, what's a bass? <laughs> I just really didn't know. And when I went to the shop the next day, I had to ask the guy, no way. what's a bass, mate? And he went, this is a bass here. And I went, oh, right, that's what I need to buy. And he said, which one do you want? And I went, um, that one. <laughs> Simple as that. And he gave, gave me the bass that he pointed at, and uh, I've still got it now, actually. Do you? Do you still play it? No, good God, it was awful. Was it really? It cost 35 quid, it was rubbish. <laughs> A rubbish guitar, but I suppose, you know, considering I did the first two Joy Division records on it, it certainly has a historical heritage. Peter Hook of Joy Division and New Water talking about his bass guitar. You'll be hearing more from the legendary bassist a little bit later on the show. And next we've got music from Arctic Monkeys as Connor Irwin has the latest in music news from Arctic's frontman Alex Turner as well as the latest from The Killers and Rush. This is Nova. Backstage on Radio Nova.